Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Women to Watch is an intimate look into the lives of prominent and influential women leaders from around the world and the challenges they faced on their journey. It's the real story behind her title. Join us every week to hear more stories about women from around the world and in your own communities at womentowatch.net. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC <laughs> Philadelphia and start streaming today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Women to Watch. I'm Sue Rocco, and uh, so grateful that you're joining me this week. Um, we have a great show for you this weekend. Uh, joining me in just a moment will be Mary Lou McFarland. Mary Lou is the founder and CEO of Women in Sports Technology, also known as WIST, W-I-S-T. Um, and I'm so excited to have her. Two of my favorite topics, sports and technology. Um, so we're going to be learning um, some, some great things and also about her life story. Um, also, stay with us, as always, during the breaks for our very exclusive watch team of on-air contributors. Um, and this week, you'll see the very second episode of our newest sponsor, Visit Philly, with Jasmine and Vin, rather, bringing all kinds of great stories about the city of Philadelphia and what's going on. So now I'm very thrilled and honored to welcome to the show Mary Lou McFarlane. Thanks for having me. Hi, hi. Finally, we got it to work. <laughs> yes, technology. It's just technology. Some, you, just you, have know. To keep trying. you just have to keep trying. Yeah, and you do. You know better than anybody. Um, well, I'm thrilled to have you. And, and when I say that, it's true. Sports, I'm just a huge fan. Um, and technology is always so fascinating to me. So having the two together, um, I think is, you know, there's just so much going on and so much innovation, and it's very exciting. And of course, used in the right way. We'll be talking about that a little bit in the show as well. Um, but I wanna bring your background to our audience. And um, I understand you you were born and raised in Ohio? 
No, born and raised in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Oh, I'm sorry, Chapel Hill. I don't know why I had Ohio. Yes. I'm not sure I've been to Ohio. That's interesting. <laughs> I must have just been talking to someone from Ohio. No um, worries. No worries at all. No, I'm a Tar Heel. I'm definitely born and raised in Chapel Hill. I was born in Durham, where my okay. grandmother was a nurse, but born and raised in Chapel Hill. So from early days, I was a UNC Tar Heel fan my yeah. whole life. I've never been, but I've heard wonderful things about um, Chapel Hill in particular. You know, that it's a beautiful place. Um, tell me about the community there. You know, well, the, it's, the it's an, like. for sure. It's an amazing community. You know, any college town, you just get this wonderful diversity of intellect and lived experiences and cultural, you know, um, differences. And I absolutely loved it. I mean, it was just a wonderful place to be exposed to so many things and so many um, interesting people living interesting lives. Um, and it was also lots of fun. You know, our, our big thing, there were no pro sports teams. So our big thing was going to all the Carolina football and basketball games. So okay. from early days, I, I, you know, sang that how much we hate Duke university song from my early days, which is so ironic because I have so many friends and people I've hired and, colleagues and friends from Duke, but it is a fun rivalry for sure. Oh, it's a great rivalry. Um, so when you were a little girl, what, I know that you played sports and I think it's interesting that you lean towards, you know, team sports, you know, that's your preference, but you ended up um, playing and competing individual sports. How, I did. Tell me why and how that happened. I did. So it's interesting because I'm a direct beneficiary of Title IX. Um, I don't know what my life would be without Title IX because there are women just a few years older than me who didn't have access to sports that I did. Mm -hmm. um, but as a young girl, um, I discovered rainbow soccer and, and bless my parents for getting there, bless my mother for getting there because it was absolutely my favorite sport and my favorite thing as a young girl. And then as I got older, there was no there was no club sports as we know it today for young competitive athletes or, you know, aspirational, ambitious athletes. So I discovered track and gymnastics. So when I was in middle school, um, I had always loved to run and I realized how much I loved the combination of gymnastics and track for me was hurdles. And I just loved the sprinting. I loved the flexibility. I loved the competition of it. Um, and then as I grew, I discovered, you know, I'd always been on the summer swim team and I discovered tennis and they are team sports in their own way, but they're not the same as being on a field with, you know, 10 other players and really working together in unison. It was more like cheering for each other individually, which I think has a lot of merit. I mean, I learned so much about life and um, discipline and commitment through my participation in sports from early, early age. Yeah, I, I believe that's so true, especially for girls. Um, I, I love to see girls competing in sports. I think it helps um, on a lot of levels, you know, in the early years. Um, I know that you were the oldest of three and the first to go to college. Was Did you feel any kind of pressure to, you know, kind of be that leader in the family and, and show an example to your younger sisters? Well, that's interesting. I don't I don't think I felt pressure. It was just always assumed. You know, my parents did go to college. They met in college and got pregnant, got married and had me and they left college. But as a result, I think I always knew that that was something I wanted to do. Um, 
and it was always taken for granted. And I love, as much as I love sports, I love school and I love learning and the competition of, you know, getting great grades. And um, so I wouldn't say I felt pressure. It was just always assumed. And, and while I looked at other colleges and I was encouraged, you know, by my, my parents to look at other schools, by that point, I was such a Tar Heel that I really didn't look much further than UNC Chapel Hill. And I ran cross country there, which was wonderful. And many of my best friends to this day are from my childhood sports and from my collegiate sports experience. Um, one of the one of the hardest things for you, I think, growing up was when mom and dad divorced. And that's always just a tough experience for any child. You were only eight years old. Um, what what's what was the hardest part of that for you? Well, it's interesting. You know, I think my parents, as I mentioned, they were so young when they got married and they were so different. You know, I feel like I'm such a combination of the two of them. My mother being such an introvert, but really hardworking. She went back to work and became an optician. Uh, she had three young girls to care for day to day, which was extraordinary. And my dad being such an extrovert, as I think I mentioned to you, was in the radio business and was producing the Carolina football and basketball games as a broadcaster, as the color man. So it it was rare, you know, and this, this was back in the 60s when there weren't many families where the parents were divorced. But what I now know is there were probably many marriages that everyone might have been better off if they had divorced. So it's hard to say, but, you know, I do think societally people were getting married younger then, and it was a lesson for me to wait. I wasn't sure that I would actually ever meet anybody that I wanted to marry until I met my husband and that was in San Francisco. And um, so we've kind of forged our own path and we're now married 33 years. And, you know, my parents went on to marry their long-term love of their lives. So that was, I mean, at the end of the day, it all worked out. And my sisters and I are all in long loving marriages. So, yeah. you know, we, we figured it out. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I was going to talk about that later with you, but since you mentioned it, you know, um, you're married and again, 33 years. Yay. <laughs> yeah, it's the best thing we've done. The best thing I've done is my marriage with my husband, Craig, for oh, sure. Well, and you have three daughters, and I, I wonder if you intentionally went about making a decision how you wanted to raise them differently or in a certain special way. Can you talk about that? For sure. Well, I have two daughters who are now grown, um, and when they were young, you know, what's wonderful about my husband is he showed as much passion for their sports and their academic lives as I did. And as I wish that I'd had, frankly, when I was younger, back to my childhood, you know, parents didn't come to their daughter's sports events. It just wasn't, didn't happen. Um, but we definitely raised our daughters with the intention of putting our marriage first. I think if you, if you take care of that, then you are aligned and and taking care of the kids. And I think as I look back at my career, I mean, every step of the way, we both intentionally made decisions that allowed us to have dinner together every night. And I, my first half of my career at KCBS radio, which I know we share the radio background, you know, I had flexibility. So I was able to coach them. I wanted them to have a wonderful first experience playing soccer and in sports where I knew that their coaching wouldn't alienate them from the sport. Um, I digress a little bit, but I think, and my husband always encouraged that as well. You know, I've, I've always been comfortable being the lonely only as the lone, the only mom coach, for instance. Um, 
And then I went on and I've always played sports and run with men and I've never felt any uncomfort or discomfort working in a male, more male environment. But I was also able to role model that for my own kids, right? That you being brave, having the courage to take a step into something that you are maybe really, really scared to do. But my coaching led me to also becoming the president of our youth soccer club. So it was my first experience of running a nonprofit which now serves me well as I'm running the much larger global nonprofit of women in sports tech. So I do think it was a crooked path to glory. Sometimes you don't know where you're headed till you get there and then it all kind of makes sense. I followed my, my early passions. um, And then I'm really proud of my 22 year old self for having the bravery to move to San Francisco. I worked for Turner broadcasting when I graduated from college in Atlanta where I thought I wanted to live and they, talked me into moving to San Francisco where I thought I'd be for two years, but I've never looked back. It just, in many ways, I feel like my, my true self came to life once I moved to San Francisco. Wow. You know, it's, that's an adult, but it's really 22 is young. 22 is (laughs) young. The brain is still forming until 21. So 22, (laughs) you're just at the beginning. (laughs) It was really young. And it's a credit to Ted Turner. You know, he, um, just put us out there. He recognized potential. I think as a result, I see the potential in young people because it was kind of sink or swim. I was a regional marketing manager covering seven states and I had to learn as I went along and gave me incredible courage and, and working alongside the CEO of the company. Ted Turner was a very big deal and I went to meetings with him. Wow. And he treated me as though I was a respectable colleague of his. So wow. you step up, right? You step yeah. up. So how did you get that job? What led to that that first job? Well, it's such a great question because this is what we do now at West. Again, talking about everything kind of falling in place. So I did an internship with Turner Broadcasting when I was in college in Atlanta. Okay. And they and they didn't take interns at the time, but I was so enthralled with Ted Turner and his mission. And it was the early days of cable television and CNN and MTV and HBO and ESPN. It was an exciting time in the media business. And I was just so drawn to the work Ted Turner was doing. I remember I wrote them a letter on my typewriter and mailed it and said, you don't understand. I will empty your trash cans to work there. I'll do anything that you want me to do. You don't have to pay me. And of course they paid me minimum wage. And I was able to prove myself through that internship. So I had a standing job offer for once I graduated. So I just moved straight to Atlanta. And three months later, they moved me to San Francisco. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I think those internships or in some of the universities have the co-ops, which really prepare you on a different level than being in the classroom. For sure. Well, just getting the real world experience and, you know, then knowing with my own daughters, encouraging them. Mm-hmm. to have courage and it may scare you to death. But my daughter Darcy ended up getting an internship at Twitter when she was just at her senior year in high school. So, and I knew she could do it. So a lot of it too, is just someone believing that you can. And what happened was I met amazing mentors at Turner Broadcasting who believed in me and believed in my potential and just sent me out here to San Francisco to sink or swim. And luckily I, ran to the Golden Gate Bridge every morning and was traveling and just loved the work. It was very innovative at a very innovative time in the history of media. Yeah. Tell me, so where did you go um, after Turner Media? 
So after I left Turner, um, my sister was graduating from Carolina. And so the two of us traveled to Australia, New Zealand, and Fiji. So I just quit the Turner Broadcasting role. I didn't want to move to New York or London or back to Atlanta or LA. At that point, I was really, my heart and soul were in San Francisco. So we went for a wonderful travel together. And then we came back and without, honestly, I believe I had a little bit of blinders on. I don't think I looked around too much, nor did I have role models outside of media. So I went to work for KCBS radio and it was a fateful summer because I met my husband interviewing at another radio station where he worked. And this is, you know, his history was made then. And what's interesting is we met in media, both of us in radio, but he went on to television and then quit that to become a firefighter paramedic. And then he supported me when I made my move out of media into startups and to sports technology. So yeah, it was a fateful, fateful decision to go to KCBS because I had that career for a long time loved it, learned a lot about digital media, learned a lot about social media, um, and was able to be flexible for the time that I wanted to spend coaching, you know, as I mentioned earlier. And then it all really set me up for, for my next phase. It's kind of three phases of my life. But once Craig was situated as a fire captain paramedic, then he supported me when I had the entrepreneurial seizure and decided to do a startup, my first startup in 2009. And that was really never, I never looked back because I realized through my early leadership experiences and how much I love sports performance and how much I love technology in terms of having us be more efficient. What I didn't mention in my twenties was I was running marathons and racing every single weekend. And I ran my best marathon at 306 and went to Boston and Sue, it's embarrassing to say this, but I literally had a Diet Coke and a banana that morning. Like I didn't know anything about nutrition. I did not eat or hydrate during the race. So people were like, wait, you did it. I mean, I think of what I could have done, right? My potential was so not met. <laughs> I, was, I had no access to proper nutrition or hydration or training technology. Oh, I know we're you know? so much more educated today in what we should be doing and what we shouldn't be doing. It's amazing we survived. It's amazing. But but then I realize how much I was drawn to sports performance technologies, you know, just it all. You can only really look as far as the fog lights will take you. Have you heard that? I think that's an Adam Grant quote. I feel like I made decisions not looking 5, 10, 20 years out. But like as far as the fog lights would take me, I feel like I made the right decisions yeah. because I made them based on my values, um, my passions ways that I could have impact, right? And But you had a confidence and a courage as well. You know, we, we all have aspirations and things are, are interesting to us and we're curious, but to take a step to start a company is a whole nother level. Where did that come, where did that develop in you? The, the desire to take action when you find something, you know, curious and passionate about. Well, I think I've always had an innate courage, even before confidence. And I think I saw that in my mother back to my childhood. She had the courage to go back to school and and go to work when not many young moms were working. Um, I think I've also never been afraid to fail, per se. Like I moved to San Francisco with the thought of maybe this won't work out. 
but what's what's the worst case scenario? I mean, I, I moved back. It, it didn't work out. That's okay. At least I went for it. And I've always kind of had that approach. It's like fail forward fast. I mean, I'm not afraid to fail. And I think that is a, a super important tenet for anyone who's going to do a startup or a business is if you feel compelled to do it, the only regret you would have is if you don't try, if you don't do it. Every great leader says you have to uh, not be afraid to fail. So that's that probably has been very good for you in life if, if you've you know had that naturally. Well, and I think Pete, those of us who fail and fail have failed repeatedly. You learn more from that than when you win. It's it's similar to a sports competition. If I've lost the race or I lost the tennis match, I generally learn more from that than when I have won, right? Yes. And I think that's super, super important. And we really, that we instill that in the young women that are in our WISC community is, and, they're, and they're, we're all naturally such high achievers that you can, you can be afraid to fail because people's perception of you is that you are a competitor and you're, you know, you strive for excellence. But I think showing that vulnerability and being transparent about it is super, super important for everyone to see. It's more human too. It's the human condition. Yeah. So when I think about you and your ability to, you know, um, try, try things and, and not worry about the failure part, what, what does scare you or worry you just in general in life? What, what is something that, you know, perhaps keeps you up at night? Well, honestly, what, what keeps me up at night is the incredible divide in our country. And I don't, I don't want to go off topic here, but just I'm deeply troubled by people who don't support other people and who judge other people for who they love or how they choose to live their lives. Um, I don't, that honestly is the thing that bothers, that keeps me awake that I, if I wasn't doing what I'm doing with WIST right now, I would, start doing it because the thing what we all have to do is try to make change in our own backgrounds with our own domain expertise to the extent of our own capabilities i heard the ceo founder of habitat for humanity say that it's like maybe i can't solve all the problems but let me take what i know in an industry and relationships that i have and experience i have and do all that i can to change even this small part of society and so that's what i try to do every day it's just, we literally lead with love. I wish everyone felt that way, that you could approach people without judgment and with kindness. I think everything would be a lot better in the world and taking better care of the earth too, by the way, not to get existential on you. Yeah, no, no. I love my favorite conversations. Um, I, and I, of course I agree with you wholeheartedly. I sometimes wonder though, is it even possible? So when you look at, humans historically um is it possible to have uh all on the same page of tolerance and and you know um not doing the wrong thing making the right choices mm -hmm. being the best person you know i that's what keeps me up at night. <laughs> yes, yes. And, you know, I think providing role models, you know, I didn't, I don't believe that I had the plethora of role models or outside mentors that we try to provide for young women today, young women 
people of color, LGBTQ, veterans. I mean, there's so, in our industry, it's still fairly homogenous. So how much can we show you role models that we wish we had when we were younger, who are living a life that you might emulate and having a career that you want to emulate, having courage that you want to emulate? I mean, that's what that's what we can do. You know, we do all that we can do. Well, we're going to talk about more of that in the next segment. We have to go into our first break, and we will be back with Mary Lou McFarland. Action News, celebrating 50 years of AccuWeather. If you think severe weather has been on the rise, you are correct. In the last three years, tornado warnings in our region have shattered records. With 52 last year alone, half of those warnings resulted in confirmed tornadoes, including two extremely rare EF3s. Thanks for always trusting us to keep you informed. 50 Years of AccuWeather is sponsored by Independence Blue Cross. Choose coverage you can count on with the region's strongest network. Hey, I'm Ben. I'm Jasmine. We work at Visit Philadelphia, and this is Philly Watch. We can tell you literally everything like about Philadelphia. Everything. everything that's happening right now. But I want to take it way back to 1776. Okay, Jasmine, can give us a little history lesson right now? Just a little bit. We're at Independence Hall. Ben Franklin has just signed the Declaration of Independence. He's just started our country. He's the founding father of the United States, which you could say is a big deal. I mean, that's pretty important. A little bit. But I want to tell you about my girl, Betsy. Our girl. Yes, our girl, Betsy. <laughs> Betsy Ross created the American flag, which you would say is the ultimate symbol of patriotism, which I would say is an even bigger deal. I completely agree with that. Betsy is legendary. Yes. But let's fast forward now and talk about what's happening right now in our culinary scene. Okay, So yes. you probably know Michael Salmanoff and his award-winning restaurant, Zahav. Yes. Just so good. But have you heard about Amanda Shulman she's from Her Place it. Supper Club? Yeah. yeah, she's actually nominated by James Beer Foundation right now as one of the top emerging chefs in the country. I'm not so, surprised. Yeah, me neither. She's just taking the culinary scene by storm. Yeah, and you know, you can't talk about Philadelphia without talking about the art. Mm -hmm. Thousands of people come here every year to go to the Philadelphia Museum of Art, and they all want to run those steps like Rocky. Oh, are you running those steps like Rocky? Absolutely not running those steps like Rocky. I don't do cardio. <laughs> <laughs> but I do walk the streets of our city because our neighborhoods are filled mm -hmm. with so much art. Mm -hmm. And I love that I'm able to see all of this beauty thanks to all of the street artists like Amberella. Oh, yes. Okay, so what you're telling me is people should come for Ben, but stay for Betsy? Yes. Okay, come for Salmanoff, but stay for Shulman. Absolutely. And of course, come for the iconic PMA, because you have to do that, but stay and explore the art by Umbrella. Yeah, without a doubt. Oh my god. Okay, so you're starting to get our point here. From the very beginning in Philadelphia, we've had so many trailblazing women, and we at Visit Philadelphia, we value, we know how important they are and the hard work that it took for them to get to where they are. So I'm so excited to spotlight them. We are beyond excited that every week we're going to be able to tell you about all of the game-changing women that are breaking barriers in our destination. Mm -hmm. And it's from the lens of women, aka me and Jazz, yes. for women. So tune in every week and expect the unexpected. Hello and welcome back to the show. I'm Sue Rocco and you're watching Women to Watch. And I'm joined this week by Mary Lou McFarland the uh, founder and CEO of WIST, which is Women in Sports Technology. So now I'm excited to learn about the organization. And But I do want to ask you, here's what I'm always fascinated by, the, the idea to start this and what you do first. Because there's a lot of moving parts, right? Partners, raising money, you know, get implementing, uh, you know, website, finding a team. 
what tell me when the idea spurred and what you did first well it was it was gradual frankly it was uh my first startup as i mentioned was in 2009 and it was called vivo girl sports and it was a startup that was an online digital media property to encourage young teenage girls and college women to keep playing sports um, my daughters were teenagers at the time and they literally there was nothing in the news or nothing in the sports pages to show them role models of of women who continue to play sports espn rise magazine came to our house every month and it would literally be 87 pictures of high school boys and three of girls so i was a little bit ahead of my time in 2009 with the economy maybe wasn't the best time to start this but as i mentioned i felt compelled to do it and absolutely extraordinary. So I learned about raising money. We had a, you know, raised a million dollars in seed capital. We had a hundred thousand dollars in revenue from sponsors. We had, we went to the Vancouver Olympics with a press pass. It was extraordinary. We had 50,000 girls from all over the world in the, what was one of the top Facebook pages at the time. And we had a website with all kinds of resources for young girls with an OBGYN, with Positive Coach Alliance, with a sports medicine doctor. Young girls didn't have resources and they didn't have role models to keep playing. So fast forward a couple of years into that, we sold the company to soccer.com. So I had the full experience of building a business, building a team, building customers and a business model. And then we sold that and I ended up in a series of sports tech startups after that very uh, almost accidentally, there was a, a friend of mine who was running a company in Sausalito called Sports Board that was uh, getting coaches off paper-based recruiting processes. Coaches were going to scouting events and still putting notes on their, you know, recruits on paper with paper and pen. And so we got them on an iPad app. So I, that was my first experience with a SaaS solution to a very big problem in sports. From there, as, as you can see, without going into great detail, I went through a series of other leadership roles in startups around sports tech performance. And it was around 2017 that we sold a company where I was the CEO. And I had just become more and more aware and irritated that I was the only woman in the room everywhere we went. Um, every conference that we went to, every investor meeting that I had, every you know, most of the coaches that I would work with or business decision makers were all men. And it didn't make sense because the men that I worked with wanted to find a way to find more women and diverse talent. Um, and then I would meet amazing women who were like, what is sports tech? How do we find these opportunities and get into these types of businesses where I was working? So created women in sports. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Sports Tech, we got our 5013C. I, I was still working so decided to have this be a nonprofit and we were all volunteer for a few years, but I went to CES, the Consumer Electronics Show in early 2018. We got our first board member in Elizabeth O'Brien, our first corporate partner check from IBM Sports, had a board, got our 5013C kicked off and our flagship initiative, which is still what we're most known for is the WIS Fellowship. So that first summer of 2018, we were able to do three WIS Fellowships, which meant giving a summer internship experience to a high potential, phenomenal young college grad or PhD student. And so we've grown to where now we have almost 100 fellows to date over the past six years. Um, and it's just been extraordinary to see how well received we've been at every turn. And it was two years ago, three years ago, in a meeting with Comcast, NBC, Jenna Karath, who I know you've interviewed here before, who basically said, we'd love to support you with a big donation, but someone's gonna have to work there. So that was when I became the CEO and this was my full-time role. So I did not start with to put myself in this seat, but it's just happened very organically and it's rewarding beyond measure, really. Do you feel as though, are you living a dream right now? Do you feel as though, um, you know, the, the work that you're doing must be so incredibly fulfilling and exciting. And it's very fulfilling and exciting. It does not feel like a dream because it's been so much hard work to get here <laughs> by so many of us, right? Like there's literally a ninja army of people who have believed in this mission from the beginning. Um, if anything, I feel an obligation not to screw it up, 
right? Because it's so important. And we are still very much a startup. Um, I would say we're in growth stage. We're out of early stage. We have what we look for in startups. We have proof of concept. We have a vast amount of customers. We have over 30 corporate partners who utilize our services to diversify their talent pipeline and build more inclusive cultures. Um, Amazing team, you know, you know, but we are looking for that next big growth phase that usually comes if you look at nonprofits with a large marquee sponsor of some sort so that we're not so that we can grow. It's like and, and I run this organization as if it was a for profit. Um, and really, we're at a place where we're looking for our Series B funding, which really lets us scale the things that we're doing um, and have even greater impact. What's at the top of your list for something you, if you had that additional funding you would want to implement? Oh, it's such a great question. Well, I'd like we'd like to reimagine our fellows program to have it be more scalable. It's a very high touch program right now. I'd like for that to be more scalable. We have amazing content. We have a series called Discover Sports Tech, How to Go Pro. That's for high school students, which again, go back to my own self in high school to give role models for young women who love sports and who love STEM, but maybe they have quit STEM because of the social stigma. Uh, They quit sports at twice the rate of boys. So we want to provide role models for high school students because that builds the talent pipeline for this industry that will pay out, you know, years from now over time. So we want to be able to do more of that to our point, maybe be more in person, um, go out and, and be able to impact them in person and show them role models. Um, we have an amazing WISP network, which is a, uh, the single source for diverse hiring in this industry is called the WISP network. Um, there are ways to probably expand that the way that we do that. Um, so I have lots, lots of really good ideas. There are some that I don't think I'm prepared to share with you right here, right now, because I'm working on them with my board and with potential. We have several potential marquee sponsors kind of in our midst who want to support the work we're doing on a, on a grander scale. Yeah. I mean, you have an impressive list of corporate partners. I mean, just you that I saw Nike, NBA, IBM sports, um, Comcast, NBC, Hoka. I mean, and I'm always curious, a lot of the women that watch this show are, they're looking to start their own organizations. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the hardest parts is, is raising money and finding those partners that will put money behind what you're doing. Can you talk a little bit about what has worked for you? What is your strategy when you either go into a meeting with, with someone at that level or pick up the phone and try to get them on board? Sure. And interestingly, we have not cold called anyone. It has all been through a warm relationship that we've made either at an event, either I've met or one of my board members has met. And I think, Sue, the real core to it is that you're solving a problem in a unique way, a significant problem in a unique way. And before WIST, employers would say they could give lip service to having a diverse workforce, but they really didn't have a tangible program that they could implement consistently to diversify their talent pipeline to try and build a more inclusive culture. So I, my advice would be you have to really make sure that you're solving for a unique problem and that you also are uniquely qualified to solve for that problem through your experience, through your passion, through your relationships. 
And that's really the core, I would say, to how WIST has grown to the point that we are today in terms of credibility and respect in the industry. Yeah, I um, I, I saw your post this morning, the jig is up. Um, and I love that phrase because I think it's so true across the board as a society, we're waking up to things that really matter. And I scratch my head and think, how come companies didn't think of this before? Why did it take so long? Um, and I, I wanted to ask you, you know, what do you hear back from companies that are truly interested in not just checking the box, but changing things so mm -hmm. that with that diversity within their organization, their mm -hmm. bottom line will be better. What kinds of things do you hear? Well, what's interesting is the everyone that you see that works with WIST, we all know that we can be better. This no one is perfect. No one has solved for, you know, unconscious bias, for instance, like we all have biases. So how do we recognize them to break them? So there's just work to be done. It's tangible work. Um, it's recognizing that you it's a smart business sense. It's beyond social justice at this point. It is certainly social justice, but beyond that, it's good business sense. You're more innovative. You make better decisions if you have a more diverse team, and that's both with gender and racially. Um, what's interesting about some leaders in this industry and in all leader in, in all industries actually is we know of toxic cultures and I have always felt, and this is how we coach our young women that it, that may be a leader who is just very insecure, does not know how to show his vulnerability or be transparent about mistakes that he's made. And I think that's what we want to do with everyone is encourage them to recognize that you don't know everything about everything. You are not always going to make the right decision. It's super important to engage your people at all levels. I've never been a big fan of, of bureaucracy and the ivory tower where the leaders aren't regularly engaging and learning from the youngest people in their organizations. I mean, I love to mentor young adults and I promise you, I learn as much from them or more than they learn from me every time. So if you're, if you're going to be successful, it, to me, it's just a matter of being, you know, the, the team captain on the field, right? You need everybody rowing the boat as hard as they can row the boat. And they're not going to, perform at their best if they don't feel they have a voice at the table, if they don't feel like they belong. Yeah. Um, and there's still a lot of lonely onlys in our industry, right? And, you know, it's, we have to coach them up to also have a bit of sense of humor. You know, if you are working for one of those managers who is insecure or doesn't want you to have a voice at the table, learn all that you can, contribute all that you can, stay as long as you can, barring some, you know, terrible other you know, sexual harassment or that level, there are levels of, that you can tolerate of bad culture, I would say. Especially in sports, right? Which has Especially in sports life. and things yeah. that have happened in the NWSL. I am so encouraged by, I got had the honor to meet Jess Berman earlier this year. I'm so encouraged by the new leadership at the NWSL because there's, there's no universe where that behavior by those coaches should have gone on as long as it did. And in that case, those athletes did not have another place to go, right? If they were not playing and getting playing time on that team, there was really no other place they were going to be able to go. So at least in our industry, there is always somewhere else you can go. 
right? If the, if the culture is so toxic and you are so disrespected and so not included, learn what you can, go work for someone who will be a better leader and who will be able to you know, bring out the best in you and support you. You know what I think is going to make a difference as well? You know, we both have children probably the same age. And unlike years ago when we were growing up and we were out looking for jobs, these kids go into these companies in these interviews and they ask about the culture and what is the company doing, you know, to give back other than just be interested in making money. And so they're growing up with a different mindset. I think that'll have a huge impact. Well, hundred percent. And they won't work for you and they won't stay working for you. If you don't tangibly make, take steps, you can't just post on your website you know, that you support DE&I and, and an inclusive culture, you have to walk the walk. You can't just talk the talk because people see right through that at this point. Yeah. The, the last thing I just want to talk to you about quickly, um, I think one of the things that's important to me in, in doing this show and having these conversations is to help women find that belief in themselves so that they use their voice and um, ask for what they want, mm -hmm. you know, um, start that company, whatever that might be for them. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's always interesting to me that where we are um, in today's world, that it still is an issue. And we see it beginning with girls in fifth grade. There's a lot of statistics about how women are, or girls rather are so confident. And then all of a sudden one day they just kind of um, second guess themselves. And I'm painting a broad brush. Mm -hmm. Speak mm -hmm. to that a little bit. And, and particularly because you have two girls in what your messaging has been to them so that they never have to question their abilities. Oh, it's, it's a wonderful question. And, you know, I'm a firm believer in role models. As I mentioned earlier, if you have role models who are living lives, who are having careers that you emulate, that makes all the difference in the world. Even if it is just the one woman who is working at that in that industry doing that cool role at least you see that one woman and one of our favorite people in our discover sports tech uh, series is dj heat she is the dj for the washington mystics and washington wizards and she said she feels like jay-z is her mentor because she just follows him reads everything he does she really emulates him so you don't even necessarily have to have a one-to-one -one relationship with the person you emulate. I mean, it's beneficial if you, that's a bonus if you can, but I think it's really important to identify and try to learn from someone who is living a life that is very appealing to you. And, and then also identifying mentors who will support you towards your own growth and goals, not try to put you in a box or encourage you toward what they see for you. I think it's really important for mentors to encourage young women to follow their own path, right? It's it's the gardener versus the carpenter, if you've heard that parenting model. And I think that's what we did with our own daughters. And my daughters are very different. You know, Kelly is an orthopedic surgery resident at Stanford. 6% of orthopedic surgeons are women, but that doesn't never daunted her. And Darcy's working in consumer direct marketing at Nike. So they've both been able to follow their passions and, they had role models, you know, they, they have not, they've had courage, you know, it's similar to what I saw in my mom. They maybe saw in me, they were amazing courage, uh, encouragement from their dad. I think that for women, the person you marry and the person you choose to, to have children with, that 
the father can have so much influence on a young girl's confidence in herself and um, courage, really. Sometimes I worry about the word, they might get the wrong message. When we use the word emulating, it's not, it's not behaving like someone else does or doing exactly what they do. It's learning right from their experience, but then being, continuing to be their original self, because that is where the magic happens, right? For sure. Now that is a really great point. And I think the point is that you, that values though, if you find someone whose values you share, who is having courage and, and wants to have impact and give back, there's a, I, I love this. It took me way too long to find this and recognize this, but I, are you familiar with Ikigai, the Japanese secret to a joyful life? No. And that's what we encourage too, is it, and it takes, it's taken me a while to get to where I'm doing what I love, what I feel the world needs, what I can be paid for and what I'm good at. And that is called Ikigai. And it is that unique intersection. I pulled it out because I didn't want to misquote it for you, but it's passion, mission, vocation, and profession. So if you find that unique intersection, and then if you're really lucky, you find someone who is there already. In my case, I didn't. You know, I didn't know anyone who was doing anything remotely like what I've been doing. Right. Um, and that's OK, too, to forge your completely own path. But to have someone who believes in you, un, you know, unconditionally, I think is super, super important. Yeah. Um, we just have two minutes left. Um, tell me what you do on the days when nothing is going right. Do you have, other than what you just shared with me, is there a mantra? So, you know, that you're feeling anxiety or stress because, you know, the, the world's scary. It's very scary. Um, what do you say to yourself? What helps you to become grounded again? Well, thank you for asking. I think it's my run. I still run. I'm lucky that I can still run. So I run, I swim, I take care of my health. I heard Jane Fonda recently in a podcast with Julie Louis-Dreyfus, and she said her advice to her younger self would be what she's done. Or to, to any of us who are younger than Jane now is to take care of your health first. And as my family knows, that is the most important thing I do every day is get out for either a run, a swim, um, whatever your choice of workout is. I think it really rejuvenates me and gives me, I heard someone once call it the hour of power, where you just go and put things in perspective, recognize no matter how hard my day is going, there are a lot of people having a lot worse days today than whatever troubles I'm having. And it just helps put things in perspective and you just come back with a fresh open mind and focus on the positives and be grateful. I'm, I have so many things to be grateful for. Um, and I think that's the key is just that time to reset every day. I don't care when you do it. It can be first thing in the morning, midday or after work. Yeah. Um, really, really important time. Yeah, we were born to move, right? I always say to my kids, move your body, move your mind every day. Every day, every day and learning and growing and recognizing you don't have all the answers. You know, it's okay if you don't have the problem solved today. And I love, always love math. There are many ways to solve a problem and it will come to you. If you let your brain percolate, like give yourself space, get off the phone, get off the AirPods, get off everything, get off the computer. 
call in your close circle of friends as you need to. That's something I think women do that I love and men should do more of is call in your close circle of friends. If you're really going through a hard time, don't do it alone. You know, there, there are always people around you who can, who love you unconditionally, who can help lift you back up if you need it. Yeah, that's all great advice. I'm so appreciative, Mary Lou, if you're coming on and taking this time out of your busy, busy day. Um, and I hope you'll come back and share updates. It's been wonderful. Thank you for having me. And any chance I have to talk about WIST and the work we're doing, I am very grateful for it. So thank you. Thank you for your interest and your support. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Uh, we're going to go into another break. Uh, stay with us for our watch team, and I'll be right back. Awesome. Action News, celebrating 50 years with AccuWeather. If you think severe weather has been on the rise, you are correct. In the last three years, tornado warnings in our region have shattered records. With 52 last year alone, half of those warnings resulted in confirmed tornadoes, including two extremely rare EF3s. Thanks for always trusting us to keep you informed. 50 Years of AccuWeather is sponsored by Independence Blue Cross. Choose coverage you can count on with the region's strongest network. Is the best vacation one that you find or one you get lost in? One that takes you to new heights or reminds you to go with the flow? To get your feet wet and your wheels spinning? One that lets you find your own rhythm or get carried away? Find the best of yourself. Get lost in the woods. Plan your stay in the Wildwoods today. From Philadelphia to the Lehigh Valley and everywhere in between, for 150 years, Penn Community Bank has been a part of your neighborhood. Helping businesses start, supporting families as they grow, and staying connected to the people and places that make this region special. It's who we are and where we're from. Penn Community Bank. Here we are and here we grow. There's a moment every hour, every day, every week. These moments shape our world. They add color, perspective, and sometimes pain. Moments are meant to be shared, shared by friends, family, people you trust. At Action News, we cherish every moment, and it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world. Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News. Do you stream on a Roku, a Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. Watch Action News Live. And the big story on Action News. Plus special programming, breaking news, and severe weather updates. Tremendous amounts of rain. Always on. Always the news team you trust. Watch 6ABC 24-7 on your streaming device. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. another week of women to watch i hope you enjoyed my conversation with mary lou next week i'm going to be speaking with sarah berlou and she is the founder and ceo of omni consulting thank you so much kateri and to all of our corporate partners and watch team members have a great week and a great holiday there's a moment every hour every day every week these moments shape our world they add color perspective, and sometimes pain. Moments are meant to be shared, shared by friends, family, people you trust. At Action News, we cherish every moment, 
and it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world. Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News. Hi, this is Sue Rocco. Women to Watch is pleased to share a clip from Breaking Through, a podcast hosted by Madeline Bell, the president and CEO of Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. This interview is part of a series in which Madeline interviews CHOP's women scientists about what inspires them and advice they have for other women interested in pursuing science and medicine careers. My guest today is Dr. Holly Hedrick. Dr. Hedrick is a pediatric and fetal surgeon at CHOP. She is also co-director of a frontier program that focuses on a rare condition called congenital diaphragmatic hernia. Dr. Hedrick, welcome to Breaking Through. Thank you. What inspired you to pursue a career in surgery? I think probably started with my father. He was a dentist in a small town, and I was his assistant, you know, putting on the little bib. So I think the first inspiration was definitely my father. Can you tell us what is congenital diaphragmatic hernia? Congenital diaphragmatic hernia is a birth defect that happens very early, around the 11th week of gestation. And the diaphragm, which is really the separation between the chest and the abdomen, it has a defect in it. And this defect allows things that are supposed to be in the abdomen, like the liver, the spleen, the stomach, the intestines, it allows them to move up into the chest. About 85 to 90% of the patients we see with CDH are diagnosed before they are born. And we can plan for it, and they are right here at the time. Why did you decide to specialize in this condition? Ah. Early on, this was way back in residency. It was considered an unsolved problem, and so I was involved in preclinical studies and really developed a desire. And so that whole spectrum of the disease and that whole life course was really attractive to me. To hear more of Madeline's interviews with CHOP's amazing doctors and scientists, listen to Breaking Through with Madeline Bell, available wherever you get your podcasts. We are CHOP, and we can't wait to show you around. We're the nation's first children's hospital. Now, a care network with more than 50 locations that continues to expand. Three state-of-the-art research buildings with 1.5 million square feet of space. We have grown from 12 beds 165 years ago to nearly 600 beds and one of the best children's hospitals in the world. We have a level one trauma center, 11 floors of patient units, more than 20 operating rooms, first of its kind delivery unit for babies with birth defects, a separate cardiac operative and catheterization suite, and places to learn, like our internationally recognized simulation center, we have trained generations of leaders in the field of pediatrics. We are world leaders in medicine, surgery, and science. One of the top recipients in NIH funding for pediatric research. In this building, pioneers in CAR-T therapy, mitochondrial disease, brain tumors, hyperinsulinism, and other rare diseases. Here, groundbreaking work in fetal surgery, genetics and genomics, and neurology. In our newest building, leaders in social determinants of health, clinical informatics and epidemiology, autism, trauma and injury prevention, 
Our patients come from every state and 115 countries. Meeting these challenges requires the best and the brightest. We are passionate about pediatrics. We are motivated to make a difference in the world and in our community. We are a team. We are CHOP. Do you stream on a Roku, a Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. Watch Action News Live. And the big story on Action News. Plus special programming, breaking news, and severe weather updates. Tremendous amounts of rain. Always on. Always the news team you trust. Watch 6ABC 24-7 on your streaming device. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Now, the women to watch, Military Watch. Fewer than half of eligible veterans use the VA health benefits they are entitled to. But those who do use the VA, more than 80% of veterans are satisfied with the VA care. Hi, I'm Carol Eggert, Senior Vice President of Military Affairs at Comcast NBC Universal. Now, you may be asking, why should this matter to me? I share this with you because most of our listeners have some connection to the veterans in their community and may have the opportunity to share information about this new VA benefit. The VA has just launched the PACT Act, which is the Promise to Address Comprehensive Toxics, which is the most significant expansion of veteran benefits and care in more than three decades. Empowering the VA to help millions of toxic-exposed veterans and their survivors. The PACT Act expands VA health care and benefits for veterans exposed to burn pits, Agent Orange, and many other toxic substances. The PACT Act adds to the list of health conditions that the VA presumes are caused by exposure to these substances. This law helps the VA provide generations of veterans and their survivors with the care and benefits they've earned and deserve. The PACT Act is the least we can do for the countless men and women who suffered toxic exposure while serving their country, said President Biden during the PACT Act bill signing ceremony. It means access to life insurance, home loan insurance, tuition benefits, and help with health care. So what can you do? Simply refer those veterans you know to VA.gov and tell them to search the PACT Act to learn more.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.